Welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's. Hello. You're not supposed to be saying hello. Sorry. Why are you saying sorry? What am I meant to say? Well, I was going to pretend like you weren't part of this podcast anymore. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, but it's too late. I you started it It's ruined. Uh, and I you, did... Why didn't you give me a heads up before we started that that was the plan? I don't know. I guess because we don't plan these. Yeah, that's true. So I didn't feel like the need to tell you a plan. <laughs> you just thought that I would... Yeah, because last week I said that uh, if you didn't get a diagnosis, then... Uh, I'd be gone. You'd be gone. Yeah. So I was going to pretend like you weren't here. I was gone. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a new episode. It is a new episode. Everything's going well. Scarlett got her diagnosis back. You actually got it before we did the episode last week. It's just it had gone in the post and it was buried under your mail at your flat. So yeah. uh, we didn't realise it was there. So last episode we could have done the outcome of your diagnosis. But um, we, yeah, didn't know. Yes. But it's all good now and you know the outcome. Yes. And what's the outcome, Scarlett? Oh, God, I haven't said it like the words. No, that's why I'm making you say it. Oh, God. Say it. I got diagnosed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, but you went for diagnosis. That doesn't help. You got diagnosed, but that just means that if you didn't have Asperger's, you'd have a diagnosis of not Asperger's. Oh, I got diagnosed with Asperger's. Yeah. So, like I'd been saying for ages. Yes. You are... I am, I am. They diagnosed you as having ASD, uh, and of that, they said you're in the Asperger area. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I already knew that. Yes, Uh, yes. So, how do you feel about this? It's it's interesting. I was very happy to have the diagnosis, because it sort of felt like a confirmation of what I thought but like I doubt myself quite a lot so I I had this I had these doubts of like what if I'm wrong and if I was wrong then I know there's something different about me so then I'm gonna I need to find out what that is so I I think there was a sense of relief and I guess I almost like a sense of accomplishment what do you got it done yeah so because obviously there's a lot of people out there that get diagnosed or go for a diagnosis and then it's they're told they don't have it and then they go for another diagnosis and told them not to have it. And then sometimes down the line, like maybe a third, fourth time, they go for it. And then it turns out they do. Yeah. You're saying that had you have gone for this diagnosis and they said it's not that, you'd have just given up on the whole autism thing and just gone, well, it's not that then. Well, I would have thought, yeah. Um, it wouldn't have been I'd have given up altogether on like everything, but I would have felt like, I needed to look elsewhere for maybe what my issues were. Like I would have tried, I'd have sort of been on a quest to find what was wrong with me. And I'd probably, not necessarily like I wouldn't come back to it. Like maybe if I'd looked at elsewhere and I'd come to nothing, then I'd have been like, it probably is Asperger's and I should go again maybe. But I think it would have definitely triggered something in me to at least consider other options. I don't know what they would be. Like, let's not even try and go down that road. But yeah, I'd have I'd have tried to consider other options. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd have just kept pushing for you to go get another one. Yeah. Um, Because I've always said it's that. So it's good that that has happened. Yes. Um. So yeah, how do you... Uh, I think, did I already ask you how you feel about this? Yeah, I, felt, like, I felt relieved. I felt like a sense of, like, I, I guess just, like, it was a nice confirmation, like, uh made me think about things that I like some of the ways that I am and I felt better because I, I'm like more accepting of them yeah um and like I don't want it to be my excuse for life of like oh I can't I can't do this because uh, I've got Asperger's but definitely want to be able to accept things about myself that sometimes I find hard to so things like feeling weird because I don't want to go out like I I don't want to feel like guilty that I don't want to like have friends and stuff so it's nice to it kind of relieves that I think there was a part of me that maybe was expecting some sort of like earth-shattering change but because I'd already come to this sort of acceptance that wasn't the case but it still feels good and I'm still really glad that I got diagnosed the only other thing that's weird is before diagnosis as much as I had these kind of doubts of what if I don't get diagnosed 
I didn't really have these, what if I'm not? It was more uh, being scared of not getting diagnosed. Since I've been diagnosed, there has been, like, not very often, but I have had a couple of, like, but what if, uh, what if they're wrong? Or, like, am I? Because uh, I feel, for lack of a better word, like, I feel like I can be kind of normal. Um, even though I, and I'm using the word normal, like, in quotations, but, yeah, uh, but I've only had that a couple of times. I generally, I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy with the diagnosis and, um, I'm glad. I'm glad that, cause it's been like a year and a bit. It's been a year and like almost two months. So it's nice to kind of have the journey from start to finish come to an end. Well, you've only known that you have it yeah, for a week now. Yes. So it was last Saturday. Yeah. Uh, that we found out. It was after we recorded the last episode. So yeah, yeah. a week and a day, roughly. Um, obviously, you're probably not accepting of it, but do you feel like you have? Because you've just said that now they've said it, you're not sure, which is normal. Um, when I got diagnosed, it took me ages to think they got it right. I thought initially I'd trick them yeah. uh, into giving me a diagnosis because... I was convinced that there was just something really wrong with me and um, there wasn't a name for it. But because I really wanted to have something to blame that wasn't just me being me, um, that I was worried that I'd somehow managed to learn enough about autism or what I had was close to it. Sort of like how, you know, a lot of people get misdiagnosed as like ADHD or bipolar or whatever and it turns out it's something else that they just that has similar symptoms yeah i just thought i tricked them into believing that i was autistic so then they diagnosed me as autistic but i wasn't really um but i just thought if i can do that then they think i am and then i can blame that i never have to really work on myself or work on the real problem yeah um so it takes a while to accept it yeah. But like, do you feel that, I mean, obviously, like I say, it's been a week, so it's it's highly unlikely that you've accepted it and stuff. But do you think now that you've had it, I suppose, for a week that to some level that it's about right? Yeah. Because I suppose if I've been telling you for a year that yeah. that's what it is, I suppose it's different to, because you were kind of accepting of it before you got diagnosed. You kind of believed that's what it was, but you just wanted that final, okay, it is that. Um yeah. So I guess it's different because obviously when I went through the diagnosis, it was a year of being diagnosed and having nobody I knew that had it and me having to try and convince myself with everybody else kind of going, is it though? So I don't know, like, do you feel like you believe his diagnosis is right? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I do. I think uh, one thing I said to you um, the other day when we were out for a run um, is I think initially when you said it, to me like a, a year and a bit ago when you said that you thought that I was autistic I did have this initial I can't be and autistic people behave in this way because you know you have this one it's different for everyone but you probably have an idea of what autism is and it's probably something on the extreme end um and you think like I just thought well no because like I can do this or I can do this so I, I've not got that but I do think that because I've been like hanging out with you and we've yeah. been talking and I guess because we've been talking on this podcast as well it's made me very accepting of people on the spectrum no matter where they are on the spectrum or what their diagnosis is I think I feel very accepting of like everything and not as in accepting other people like accepting of myself having it there's not this I there was an initial part of me that felt almost defensive like no I'm, I've not got that like I can do this and perhaps like make not judgment but um this idea that I don't really that it's different and that I didn't have that but I think because I've been around you and you're so accepting of yourself at this point, I know you weren't always, but you yeah. now you're so accepting of yourself and you're so like able to talk about it and comfortable with it um, that it's made me feel quite comfortable in myself of being different or like being on the spectrum and 
that sort of thing that when I got this diagnosis I didn't feel like all of a sudden I was like an outcast which I feel like is a problem that can happen like some people can feel like because they've got a diagnosis it, it automatically means that they're like a separate from the rest of the world and they can't be like themselves but I I feel really okay with it I don't know if I've worded that well I know what I mean in my head it's just it's not coming out very well I know what you mean I think there is still a stigma I think attached you were, to autism. You mean that you're worried that you thought that you were the only one that was the way you were? Yeah. And, and then now that you have been, I suppose, formally, ex- well, not accepted, but formally recognised as somebody on the spectrum, it means that there's a name for it. You're not the only one. You're not just crazy or got these like problems. There's a There's a name for it and other people have it. So it's... In many ways, like, because autism's, even though it's like, it's autistic spectrum disorder, um, I don't really see it as a disorder. No. I think that's just, that's just the unfortunate name it's been given. Yeah, Um, in my diagnosis, I get referred to as having Asperger's syndrome throughout. There's only one point where he puts autistic spectrum disorder, and he said that that's because um, he doesn't like the word disorder. Yeah. Um, I know. Uh, yeah, this is this is the thing. So I, I feel like it's not a disorder. I think it's just. I mean, it, in realistically, like, I mean, it, it's not going to happen. But like, I wouldn't really see the difference between neurotypical and ASD. Like, I feel like equally both are as valid. It's just the world is geared towards the neurotypical. Yeah. So we're the thing that's different. So it has a name that suggests we're different. Like, because I use the term neurotypical and therapists use the term neurotypical, but it's not like neurotypical people who aren't around people on the spectrum refer to themselves as that. So it just kind of... It's just kind of a weird thing for me that we have to like have a a name and a different different thing anyway. Yeah, because it's... like I say, NT people don't refer to themselves as, as an NT as in, when they're talking to each other. It's like, oh yeah, that's because we're neurotypical. Like they don't see it as a as a thing. And I guess because we're different to the norm, that's why what we have has a name. But like in an ideal world, I guess there'd be no differentiation thing. It's just some people would be autistic. Some people aren't, but it wouldn't be a thing called aut- autistic. It's just that's the way you are. Yeah. Um, but then I thought, you know, if it didn't have a name, then how can you cater for it in a workplace? But I did think, like, maybe the stuff that has to be put in for place for me, like the noise-canceling headphones, you know, the filters on the screen, all the things you have to do for autistic people, if those things had to be done for those who weren't on the spectrum, like if an NT person had to do them as well. Yeah. I'm not sure it'd be that much of a hindrance for them. No. I don't do you know what I mean? But um, anyway, that, that's irrelevant. I, <laughs> but it's not irrelevant, but it's, it's not what this episode's about. <laughs> yeah. It's just a weird side thought I've had. Actually, where was I starting with this? I have no idea. So I was saying that, yeah, it's called autistic spectrum disorder. Oh, right, yeah. That's what you've got. That's what it's classed as, but they don't want to call it that. Um, but yeah, it's good that what you have has a name. Yeah. Because it, it makes you feel better, I suppose. And even if you're listening to this or if you're someone out there that doesn't have a diagnosis, as long as you know that you've got it and it's got a name, you know, it, it does make things easier. It does have an explanation. And, you know, I, I know that in your case, you wanted the formal diagnosis because you needed to believe it. Yeah. And I think you just needed, like, the report which you've got now that says you have it. Um, You know, we went to your, we went to a session on Thursday. Yes. Thursday? What, Friday? Friday. Me and you went to see the doctor that diagnosed you, and he's now talked about the things that are available to you now that you're diagnosed, which I guess is the difference. I don't think it's the same everywhere, but I know that here, you there's a lot of stuff you just can't get. Unless you're diagnosed. Yeah. There are some of some things like we've got Autism Wessex and the National Autistic Society. And um, there's a team that do talks every third Monday of the month at the local university. Yeah. They have meetings where they have guest speakers and everybody that's on the spectrum or not. They might just know someone on the spectrum or be the parent or partner. 
go to it just to learn some things about um, autism, which I already knew about them. Yeah. But I guess if you didn't already know me, I didn't know about them when I got diagnosed. You just learn about stuff like that. So he's sending you a aftercare thing, what yeah. to do next. Um, but obviously now you've got it. I know originally your goal was to get diagnosed. Yeah. And um, we, I think the reason we did these podcasts weren't for that reason. I think you just wanted to learn more about it after yeah. I said I thought you had it or whatever. But now you've got your diagnosis. Like, this is, that was your main thing. That's the thing you were aiming for. Uh, you know, what do you do next? Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know because I've realized. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird because a thing about me in general is I find it difficult to talk about myself yeah. to anyone. Uh, like the, this podcast is a weird thing for me. Like it's really the only time that I do like talk about myself, I think. And that's more because... You're talking to me. Yeah, because I, ca- I can talk to you. As much as this podcast goes out to the yeah. public. You don't ever listen to it back. No, I can't. So you've never listened to any of these episodes. No. So you talking about them now is the only time you're ever hearing what's going on this. Um, You do reply to some of the people on Facebook. You do do that part of it. But that, once again, is just typing stuff. Yeah. Which you're fine with. But yeah, so you don't talk about yourself. So despite the fact that um, this goes out to loads of people and loads of people hear you talking about yourself. Yeah. As far as you're concerned, you're just talking to me. Yeah. Uh, and I just happen to be recording the conversations because it's me that posts them to the website. Yeah. It's me that um, then posts the link on our Facebook page. It's then me that posts the questions to do with the podcast Yeah. in the group. The only real interaction you have with this podcast is when people ask, say things like sometimes I'll read a message from someone and say, oh, this one's the, they're mentioning you. Yeah. Or sometimes you'll go on our page and have a look. But I would say the big out there public part of this is done most of it's managed by me uh and you just get involved in the replies to questions and that kind of thing but the distribution of this putting it about the recording of this um a lot of it is done by me because you don't talk about yourself yeah uh, we talked about this earlier today that what if your parents find the podcast and listen to it and even though you're diagnosed now and even though um we're we don't work together anymore, so yeah. you wouldn't have to see the people who'd hear this. Yeah. You still, I wondered, because this was the thing that I thought about. I remember ages ago, I said, should we share the podcast on like our own personal Facebook pages? Yeah. And you said no, because yeah. you weren't diagnosed and you were worried that what if it turns out you don't have Asperger's uh, and then you've posted this podcast, been talking about it, and then the people you know would hear it. Yeah. But like now that you are diagnosed... If I was then to start sharing them on our personal Facebook pages, would you be okay with that? Maybe if you post it on yours. Right, right. But you wouldn't start sharing it yourself. I wouldn't start sharing it myself, but like I don't post anything on Facebook, I suppose. I know. I know know. you don't really. I know I don't. I don't really use Facebook apart from... It's a weird thing for me. Like, So this is what I'm saying. I know. So now that you've got diagnosed, what are you going to do with it? Yeah, so my my whole point to this was, I even when I want to say it, it doesn't come out of my mouth. Like, I don't really say, like, anything about me. So I haven't managed to yet successfully tell someone that I've been diagnosed. No, I've told my mom. Yeah. <laughs> I've told my ex. Yeah. Uh, I haven't told anybody that I work with and that you used to work with. Yeah. So I've not mentioned it to them. So I know there's only one guy that we, and he doesn't work there anymore. Yeah. That listens to this. And I don't know if he still does. Yeah. So there's a good chance that the people you used to work with will still never know. Yeah. Um, And you still haven't told your parents. You've had no. two phone calls yeah. with them. Yes. And neither time have you mentioned it. No. And they don't know about this podcast, so it doesn't matter that I'm saying that. No. Because uh, <laughs> it wouldn't, I, to be fair, even if they did find this podcast, we started this podcast by saying you've been diagnosed. So it doesn't matter that you've not been telling them on the phone because you can tell when this goes out. So you're still not telling anyone. Yeah. You've not told your work. No. You've not told anyone still. So I know you wanted it just to confirm that you definitely do have Asperger's. Yeah. Um, and now we know you definitely do because, you know, a professional doctor type person has written it on a piece of paper and you've definitely got it. And now it's being passed on to your GP and it goes on your medical records and 
you will forever now be known in the whatever that medical side of things is as somebody on the spectrum. And if you were to tell anybody else, work or otherwise, so if you did go back to uni and that kind of thing, yeah, there is proof that you now have. And like the university said, that they couldn't help you unless yeah. you had a formal diagnosis, yeah. which you do. Yeah. So now you've got it. Now you're officially in Club Burger. Yeah. Like... What are you going to do with it? I don't know. It's really difficult because I actually... It's not a case of I don't want to tell people either. I'm not trying to keep it a secret or anything. It's just uh, like this is a part of my personality is to be quite guarded and quite secretive. And even... It's not even... It can feel like if I talk to someone and I want to say oh, that's because I'm autistic or like that's because I've got Asperger's like I the words are on the tip of my tongue but I just can't like push them out I know I mean I've already offered to break this to your parents for you I know which I might actually like get you to do because and it's not like and I it's not that I'm not telling them because I think they'd like react in a certain way or anything like that like I don't want it to come across like I'm I know. worried about that it's it's literally just for some reason the way I am I'm so difficult to get stuff out of when it comes to myself yeah no, you just can't i know you can't i know you're waiting for like a natural segue yeah that's what i do and it's not just um things it's not just like asperger's it's things in general like if i have something that i need to say i i do always think like oh well i'll wait for it to naturally come up in conversation even if it's something that wasn't like i know that if and I, I won't and I don't want to. But like, say I was pregnant or something. That's the sort of thing that you would <laughs> tell your parents. I just wouldn't. Yeah, I, I it would be a case with me and I don't, I don't want children. But it would be a case of me of they would just come and visit me or I'd go and visit them at some point and I'd have a massive bump and they'd be like, are you uh and I'd be like, I, oh no, yeah. I don't I don't think you would. I think what you'd do is you just wouldn't go see them. Yeah, I wouldn't. Until they were just like, Who's the small child that's with you? And you'd just be like, Oh yeah, that's mine. Yes, I know. And I know I'd be like that and I don't know. It's the know same why. with your um you've got a tattoo so <laughs> we had you went and got a tattoo sleeve done. Yeah. Um, which, you know, was something that I helped you sort out because you really wanted one. Yeah. And you wouldn't arrange one because you couldn't talk to people and yeah. you could get it sorted and you didn't know how to articulate what you wanted. So I was like your um what's the word I'm looking for here? Helper. No, not a helper. Um whatever the word is, you did your conversations through me. So yes. you talked to me about what you want and then I talked to the tattooist yeah. and I arranged your appointments and then I did that and got it sorted. Yeah. But I know that you couldn't tell your parents on the phone about it. And I noticed that we went to your hometown <laughs> to see your parents and you purposely just kept long sleeves on the whole time we were there. I know. And it's not, again, this was another thing. So like my parents don't care about tattoos. They yeah. don't, they wouldn't have a go at me. Like I already had tattoos before I got the sleeve done I've got like my ribs and I've got my thigh done and they know about that because I got that done when I lived with them it's not a case of like I'm worried of their reaction or anything like this and it's not just my parents I do it to it's just I don't speak to that many people but I do it to like people at work anything I don't like any sort of attention or people talking about me so if I have to say something that might bring on a conversation about myself I just won't do it. So yeah, the tattoo, it wasn't a, oh no, like a, they're going to be angry or whatever. They realised, <laughs> at some point they just realised and they were like, come on then, show us. And I showed them and they were like, oh, my mum like got a picture of it to show her friend. They didn't realise. Uh, my my sister noticed. And Your she sister came it. down and you, I think it's more of a parents thing. Because when your sister was down with her husband. Oh, I still covered it. It's just I forgot. I rolled my sleeves up yeah, because I forgot and then I, I mean. swiftly rolled them back down. Yeah, but that's what I mean. So then obviously that's how your mom found out because she went home and told your mom. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is like this Asperger thing, like it's, it's permanent now. Like yeah. you're always going to have it. I don't think there's a way to overturn a diagnosis. I think once you've got a diagnosis, you've got a diagnosis. Not that you'd want to because it took so long to get it. But so that they'll find out anyway at some point. Yeah. Um. It's just, it's funny that your parents always ring you like once a week 
Um, and you just don't know how to do it unless because your mom's going to ask anyway because your mom had to be involved in the, in the diagnosis <laughs> anyway. So your doctor called your mom and talked to her about you as a child because there's things your mom knows about you that you won't remember. Yeah. So she, at some point she's going to go, have you heard back from that? I know. And then that's when you that do it. That will be my natural segue. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's, I'm so ridiculous. It's weird. Like, But anyway, so back to what I was saying. So you're not, you're not using it in any way to tell anyone. No. The only people that know now is me. Yeah. My ex. Yeah. My mom. Uh, and anyone that listens to this. Yeah. Um, so you're not using it to tell people, because obviously when I got diagnosed, um, I told everyone. Yeah. Um, because I wanted all the pressure of everybody expecting me to be a certain way to just disappear, so I just threw it around there. Yeah. Anyone that I just thought it might be useful them knowing, they I told. Even people that I just thought they don't need to know at some point, I'd got into the routine of just mentioning it. So I mentioned it. I don't do it anymore, but after I first got diagnosed, I told everybody. You're not doing it for that reason. No. I also then applied to various benefits, disability living allowance, that kind of thing, when it was still something that existed yeah. because I was working super part time. Yeah. I was like massively like money, had massive money problems like and that kind of thing. So I was using it for benefits because that's what it's for. Yeah. Uh, I used it to move myself out of the house share I was in because the house share I was in was horrific. Uh, yeah. I spent all my time locked in my bedroom yeah. because I couldn't cook in the kitchen on my own. I couldn't go in the kitchen with other people there. I couldn't eat in front of people. There was loads of stuff I just couldn't do. So I lived in my bedroom until everybody had gone to bed. I think I'd mentioned this before. Yeah. In one of our earlier episodes, like one of the episodes we did a long time ago, I talked about what it was like living in a house share. Yeah. But so I couldn't do that. So like having help meant I could get into uh, social housing. Yeah. So I got my own flat. Um. So I used it for like loads of things. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, other than so you know. Yeah. What you're doing with it. Because obviously they've mentioned they've mentioned therapies. Yeah. So they've mentioned like things to help you with like your anxiety and like those like symptoms you have because of your Asperger's and that kind of thing. So they've offered like therapies and obviously with the diagnosis, once you go into therapy, if they know you're autistic, it changes the way they do therapy. If you go into therapy without a diagnosis and don't mention it, which you didn't think when you went into uh, the original behavioural therapy you went into, yeah, um, they just treated you like they would treat anybody. yeah, uh, And it doesn't work that way. Like you said, one of the things that they said is they imagined your brain as a washing machine and oh, everything in it was in thoughts and you just could not follow that. But like obviously with a diagnosis, they wouldn't say things like that. So you could use it for that reason. Yeah. You could use it to make changes at work, but you've said that you don't really feel like there's any changes that need to be made at work. And I'm not saying you have to have a reason to be oh, diagnosed. Yeah. I'm just, it's more of an intrigue because like when I got mine, it was, you know, yeah, it had purpose. And like, how did you feel? Because obviously when we, we went round to your flat, we found your mail. We knew one was the report. One was the letter for the second meeting. Yeah. And one was the report because it was a thicker thing. I mean, we're going to do an episode possibly next week about your report versus my report. Yeah. Because things have changed since then. My yeah. report is like 17 pages yeah. long and goes into all kinds of crazy detail. Yours is quite short and like... Yeah, mine's like five pages long and yeah. it's very concise. But the doctor that diagnosed you said that they used to write really long ones, but they felt like there was a lot of stuff in there. So we're going to do that anyway. So when we first got the letter, when we got back to yours, I thought this can't be it because it's too small. And then I opened it and it was it. And you were like, oh, no, don't open it. Like, I don't know what to do. So I just whipped it open, quickly found the bit that said, you know, yes or no, and just went, you've got it. And then we did it from there. But that initial, when I told you, yeah, and then we walked I think we walked from your flat to my flat because we were getting like a pizza or something. Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I just thought about pizza. Right, right. How did you feel then? Because I remember you, you seemed normal and I kept going, the, I kept saying stuff to you to try and remind you about it. Because when I first got told, I was like, oh, like, I felt like really like, great. I am different. Like, I felt like I really like I'm different and I genuinely know I'm different. And then I felt the need to tell everyone I was different. And like, I felt like I am different. Like, I'm a different person. I am different. Like, I thought I was. I always knew I wasn't the same as everybody else. Yeah. And now I've got proof I'm not. And there was just this like wave of relief. But I also felt like this weird feeling of like being unique in that sense, which is kind of, I guess, what I was looking for. Yeah. Um. 
did you actually have any like emotional response to when I'd whipped the your report out of the envelope and just gone, yeah, you are? Well, the weird thing about it is, yeah, I did. Like <laughs> I felt very, I felt happy. I felt really like, like say, like validated. But I also do have the same thing of wanting to tell everyone. Like it is, it is a thing of mine. I do genuinely want to tell everyone. It's just the way I am. Like even though I want to, and like I, I'm not just saying it. I would actually like. It's a weird. It's like a. I know it sounds really. Yeah, like it sounds like two completely different things. But I do want to mention it. It's just I can't mention it. And uh, yeah, I don't like people knowing things about me. But maybe I just don't like telling people things about me. So we went for uh, coffee. Mm-hmm. Went for. Well, we went for a coffee with your ex and her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, last week. Yeah. yeah. And there was a part of me that was like, oh, I want to tell them about this. Because, you know, we were all just talking about what we'd been up to and like discussing that. And I thought, oh, yeah, I could mention that. But I couldn't. Like, I, know, I, then... I wanted to say it and I couldn't. But then when you said it. Yeah, I said I, it for you. Yeah. I wasn't like weird about it or uncomfortable. I was like, oh, good. I'm glad that's been out there. And like you sort of. I do a little bit of the talking, but you probably do more of the talking, but I like it. Like, I think like, oh, we should mention like, we've done this. And then you say it and I'm like, oh, good. We've got, we've mentioned that. Or like, if you say Scarlett's done this and then I think, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm glad that that's been discussed. But I just can't get the words out. <laughs> I know. So I, yeah, I I do feel like telling everyone, it's just, I don't know what it is with me. I don't know how why I struggle so much to say stuff Um. when it's me related because yeah. i do but yeah. yeah i did i do feel the same as you feel or felt in the sense of like wanting people to know well i mean apart from the the broadcasting it to everyone yeah uh, i mean how did you feel at the start of this episode when i made you say it instead of me say it oh weird yeah weird because yeah that, i think that's the first time i've heard you say it i mean because you have said it since the you got the letter last week but i've been i've been saying like how does it feel to be a burger like, and you know you are, and then making you, like, answer my questions. Yeah. But you've never outright said it. So, like, I thought with this podcast, like, this is the first time. So the time you said this at the start of this episode uh, is the first time you've said it out loud. Um, And it's not about broadcasting it to everyone. Like I said, no. you don't have to. And in your situation, I'm not sure why it would be useful other than if you want people to know. Well, I did have this weird feeling of wanting to message certain people from your past from my past i've done that yeah i i'm not going to and i won't because example of don't say names obviously but who who's the first person that comes to mind that you want to tell uh probably the person that was like my best friend at school and why would you want to tell him uh because it would probably explain a lot of one what I was like when I was at school and right. how I was and when I say my best friend I she wouldn't consider me her best friend and I know that like even back then I knew that that wasn't a thing she thought about me right it's just she was the close person to me we used to walk to school together every day so she was the person I hung out with the most and we went through like primary school and secondary school together and nursery so like you know for me she was my best friend because I'd known her a long time and spent a lot of time with her whereas I know that she felt differently but I'd want to explain why I was the way I was because I was different at school and I know that and also just to explain why I'm so terrible at keeping in touch like when we both went to uni I don't I don't make an effort to keep in touch with people and it's not because I don't want to it's just I forget and I'm terrible at keeping contact with people. So, yeah, that was the first person that sprung to my mind. Just Yeah, it's, it's weird. I I didn't tell people initially. Actually, so what I did is back when I got diagnosed, um, I back when Facebook was something that everybody lived on. Yeah. Because uh, obviously now Facebook's been replaced by like... Instagram. Instagram and Snapchat and that kind of thing. Um but like back when Facebook was the only one out there, um, I used to, so after I got diagnosed, I used to have to go to like these, and you've been asked to go to them as well. There's like a group. So yeah. there's, I, it's like I say, it's different for everybody else depending where you are. But where we are, after you get diagnosed, 
there's a group for those it's like a post-diagnosis group and if you've just been diagnosed you go to this group and there's like five or six different people there with you yeah who have also just been diagnosed by the same group so the same team that diagnosed you yeah it's the other people who have been diagnosed and basically you go to this group and it's about six sessions an yeah. hour each um, where they talk about what to expect and you learn loads of stuff about your own Asperger's. Yeah. So I wanted everyone that I had on Facebook, because on Facebook you have a load of people that like you spoke to once at a shop. Yeah. You know, you have people that you went to school with that have managed to find you. Everybody yeah. that you know knows you. So I decided that, you know, when you do that thing where you check in, every time I went to one of these sessions, I checked in at the <laughs> hospital and wrote like a lengthy, I'm here to, you know... Uh, I think I wrote it in like weird superhero chat. So I did it in like, I'm now to learn what my special abilities are. You know, I found <laughs> out I'm this and now I'm getting training in like how to use the arts of the burger and like that kind of thing. And I wrote like really elaborate, like silly, like descriptions of what I was because I didn't want to just put a Facebook status of I've been diagnosed as having Asperger's. I just wanted to let everybody that I know, know. Yeah. Because I thought there's loads of stuff that I've done in my time, you know, like, because I got diagnosed when I was like 26, I think. Um, I can't remember what I was now, but it doesn't matter. Um, and I just wanted all these people that knew me that in case of every little thing I'd done that was weird or yeah. odd, or there were people that I went to uni with that, you know, I blanked a lot or I was supposed to hang out with them and I used to like, hide in my room or mm. all the weird stuff I've ever done I just thought this will make up for all that times where they think I've let them down yeah. or disappointed them or done something weird um, and then to some extent like a bit later on you know like how you you know it's like sometimes you get drunk and you message your ex yeah like I kind of did that so there was a couple of times where I'd gone out on nights out with people and like uh, uh, had a little bit to drink and I was messaging like ex relationships I'd been with and like a lot of them had ended because like I was cold or uncaring yeah. or, you know, like I just lost interest or whatever, you know, those sort of things. I messaged them in a sort of like, not I'm sorry, yeah, but here just so you know, it wasn't anything you did or it wasn't yeah. that, like I just hated you and I don't know if that caused any trouble or I don't know if you thought that like you'd done something bad. And I kind of did like a weird, sort of like how alcoholics do that, like, you know, they do the 12 steps. Yeah. And the last one is to find everybody you've wronged because of your, like, substance abuse and, like, yeah. apologize for it. I kind of went around and just went, you know, sorry for, like, being a burger, basically. Yeah. Because I didn't know I was and you didn't know I was. So, yeah, I kind of did that, like, in the first sort of, I guess, year and a half of being diagnosed. Like, after the first Facebook statuses, I just wanted the general, like, everyone that knew me to know. But then those, like, particular people that knew me better than the others, I felt the need to be, like, more, like, in-depth private messages. Well, I have... I guess, like, to an extent, I've thought about that. Like, I, when I say there's people I wanted to tell, this this one girl, just because, yeah, like, I feel like I didn't... Is she probably didn't care, but I felt like I'd maybe like let her down as a friend, even though it, I don't think I did, and I don't think she cares at all. Yeah. But um, so that I did think about because the same with me with relationships ending because I was cold, but haven't really had many relationships. I've never been a relationship person, um, and my. Like so, really, the three people that I can think of that I'd been in a relationship with to message, one of them we broke up because he was not very nice and a massive cheater. So that doesn't matter. <laughs> and then the other two, one of them, my most recent ex. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had already told him that I was getting diagnosed. Like, well, that I thought I could be on the spectrum last year when because the breakup. We didn't have a messy breakup. We like it wasn't um, like we didn't have arguments, and we were quite civil, and we still are civil, I would say. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I sort of told him just to explain because I know that he had a tough time during our relationship because of how cold I was, and I feel like it probably was my fault. I probably at the start I wasn't like that, and I feel like I almost like reeled him in. And then once he was in, I was like, "Cool, now I don't have to. Now I don't have to be affectionate or anything like that." So I, I, I had already told him I don't feel the need to message him now about it because I feel like that would just 
There's no. I was going to. I was going to ask. Like, were you going to tell him now? No. That you are diagnosed. Um. Yeah. No. Yeah. I meant like. Yeah. Yeah. And the only other person that uh, I was in a relationship with that I would do it to. We ended on bad terms. We're fine now and we've spoken since, but we ended on really, really bad terms. And it was because I was really cold and uh, I didn't even think about it. It was quite bad. Uh, I went to uni and like I say, I'm terrible at keeping in touch. I got to uni. He was doing a lot for me, like trying really hard. He sent me like loads of food and all of this stuff and I just forgot about him completely and just sort of rang him and was like I think it's over isn't it and I didn't realize that he didn't think it was so like because I'd forgotten about him I just assumed that he felt the same and didn't like I genuinely thought like he must think this too so I just called him was like yeah I think we're over aren't we and the response I got was horrific (laughs) so we had really I, I want to say a bad breakup, but yeah, that it was my fault. So I was going to message him. However, when, again, when we first thought that I might be on the spectrum, this was after him and I had cleared things up because we had and we were okay. And he's like happily in a relationship now that he's been in for like three years. So, you know, like he, everything's going well for him. He's happy. But I messaged him when I first thought I was on the spectrum and I did it then as a sort of explanation to explain why I was the way I was because I know I was really cold and he was very affectionate and I was really cold yeah uh but when I messaged him then I got a response of don't be so stupid oh what that you're not yeah that I wasn't that there's no point looking for something that I'm not I just am quite heartless right Uh, okay And he wasn't saying it in a really angry way. Like, say, we'd sorted things out. We were getting on fine. We were getting on as friends. But the message that I got was very... um, And he's quite like that. Like, he's got quite... He doesn't... He's not very accepting of, like, mental health or, like, things like that. Yeah. Um, So that's just the way he is. He's quite like that. I know what you mean. So, uh, yeah, the response I got was... It just wouldn't be worth messaging now. And also, like I said, he's been like happily in a relationship for the past three years. Like he doesn't need validation from me. Like I, I almost feel like if I messaged him, he'd be like, "Okay, get over yourself." It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I like I say when I when I message people, I didn't. I only think I only got like one. Yeah. One reply, uh, and that was weirdly from a girl who I did pretty much the same thing you've just said, where. Yeah. I moved to uni and she stayed where I'm originally from and we were supposed to stay together. But because I didn't see that person all the time, yeah, because they weren't in my daily routine and all my routines changed and because she wasn't there to make herself part of it, it's hard to stay in there. And I'm sure there's loads of people out there that are on the spectrum that you find that, that you can be in a relationship. But if you do long distance, it's hard because all your routines change. And if you don't have a routine of staying in contact with them, yeah, you just don't do it. Yeah, he'd be like, well, I'll drive down this weekend. And I'd be like, well, hold up. I've yeah. got a weekend routine. You so, can't just pop in. <laughs> so, yeah, so what it looked like is I was yeah with this girl for a bit and then I moved to Bournemouth and then I just stopped talking to her. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's hard to deal with because, yeah, she thought everything was cool. And then, yeah, it, it was a quite a messy breakup. So when I messaged yeah. her and just went, look, this is why this happened. Like, I'm not justifying it in any way, yeah. but this is what it was. And it was more just so if for any reason she thought that, like she'd done something wrong yeah. or something like that. I just want, it, was, it, was, it was more like that. And that was like one of the things to do with it. But. Yeah, so you probably will get that urge to tell people. Yeah. But because you don't talk about yourself, that's where the difference is. Like, I have no problems with this kind of thing, so I was happy to go around telling people anyway. But like I say, you are quite private. You don't like talking to people about yourself. So you're not really going to tell anyone anyway. Yeah, I Um, mean, the only reason why I've told the two exes that I told, one of them was because we were still, we weren't living together, but we still had a flat, together that I was living in and he wasn't but we would still saw each other um regularly ish and we still had to you know he was still taking his stuff out of the flat and there was still like we were still in contact so I sort of said it as a like 
I hope this explains why I've been the way I've been and it's not you. So it was more for his, I guess, benefit. And then, yeah, the reason I messaged this other guy was the same thing. I thought, like, perhaps he thinks that he did something wrong. Yeah. So I really just wanted to say, like, it wasn't you, it was me. It's just I didn't get a very no. a good reaction from it. And I had to just not reply because... It made me start really doubting it when he was like, no, you, you're... Because, like, he said some stuff like, you're normal and, yeah. like, that sort of stuff. And I just, nah, I just didn't want to... I suppose that's... I suppose... I mean, that in itself is is why you wanted to get the diagnosis, I yeah. suppose. Because, say, if I had come back and you'd been told that it was nothing, then, yeah, you said this guy saying it's nothing as well. Like, how that made you feel... Yeah, it Might did. be what would happen. Um. So, yeah, you've got options now. You've been diagnosed, I suppose. There's groups, which is what were mentioned. I said I mentioned the group. There's some other group that you can go to now where it's... Did he say it was more like a course? Yeah. Where you can learn about it. Because I know you said that, like, the difference between me and you, I suppose, is I didn't really look into Asperger's. Well, I did when I was told about it and I was going through the diagnosis in the first place. But I didn't learn as much about my own Asperger's yeah. until after I was diagnosed. Um, it wasn't until after that I then started like looking into me personally, but I had to do these courses and groups and that kind of thing to learn about it. I think before my diagnosis, I just kept looking at general stuff to try and decide whether or not I wasn't. And then once I knew I definitely was, after I'd got diagnosed, I then looked into my unique version of it. Because yeah. obviously everybody's version of it is different. So everybody has to learn like whether you're diagnosed or not, but you know you've got it. You've got to learn how um, yours works yeah. uh, you can't just go with the general Asperger's thing obviously nobody that, the people that don't have it the NT people and whatever they will look at the general this is what Asperger's is but once you've been diagnosed with it or you know you've got it you have to learn your own version of well, it I guess in the same way that like NT people yeah. will have their own version of NT like NT People all have different personalities suppose, and but different they, but they likes and dislikes. But they, they don't learn about their, like, I've got to learn about my, yeah, my neurotypicalness. That's, yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? Like, Asperger's is still one of those things, when you first get diagnosed, you think it's, because it is called a disorder, you think that it's it's this thing yeah. that, like, you have to learn how that works so it doesn't impact your life. You don't realise that, initially, that you are Asperger's. Well, perhaps the reason why NT people, and again, like this, I think some of it, like NT people could suffer from as well. But I think the reason why NT people, NT people tend to be more in touch with their feelings is in they know what they like and dislike and what they want or don't want. And they understand themselves more, like I say, not every NT person, because I know it's thing. But I think because when you've got Asperger's, you do tend to spend a lot of time uh, blending, trying to blend in and mimic other people, and yeah, like I said, most yeah. most things are geared towards the neurotypical. Like when yeah. you first went into therapy, it was neurotypical therapy. Yeah, and it's easier because it's it's more common, it's more understood. Do you know what I mean like there are tried and tested like methods of dealing with certain things? Like if you are struggling and having hard times with things as a neurotypical person, do you know what I mean? Like there are avenues you can go down yeah with Asperger's it's much more restricting as to what you can and can't do yeah or like the help you can get or and especially you know and it's that's different on like the whatever your government is doing yeah definitely. your council whatever services are available to you do you mean NT services they're everywhere yeah if you need help or if you need to sort out a problem it's much easier to sort them out if you're neurotypical to if you're on the spectrum yeah which is why you've got to have an official diagnosis really to get any sort of help like, if you're yeah. someone that thinks you have autism but feel like you don't need any help with it, you don't really need a diagnosis. No. Um, and I'm not saying you do, because this is what I'm saying. Yeah. The Your doctor offered uh, groups and sessions and that kind of thing, but even you felt like you didn't really need any of it. Because this podcast, talking to me and knowing me and being around me for a year, because I've been through all that. Yeah. I've kind of helped you figure it out. And also, there's loads of people on our Facebook page that have said things and done things that you've thought about. Like there's a few guys that post on our group and post on our page and do that kind of thing that have said stuff that that in itself has triggered something in you and you've gone, oh, I'm going to look into that. And then you realise it. So I feel like you've got a jump on this as to what I had when I was diagnosed, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like I've been quite lucky. And also a thing that I think is really interesting and I, from 
the past sort of year is I've started to realise things that I like and don't like more. Genuinely, up until the point of you you suggesting autism and me looking into it more, I didn't realise that I don't like socialising. I just thought, well, everyone likes socialising. So I like socialising. I just haven't found the sort of people that I like socialising with. So I would like, people would be like, oh, should we go for a coffee? And I think, yeah, we'll go for a coffee. And I'll see if like, you know... And even if I hated it, I didn't really acknowledge that I'd hated it. I'd just feel really agitated after and think like, oh, I'm in a really bad mood, but I'm not sure why. And from doing things like this, I've started to realise that I just don't really like socialising. Not not all the time. Like I actually like the others. Was it last weekend when we went for a coffee with your ex? And I like I really wanted to. And I was happy we did that. But like for the most part. That's the thing I didn't like. I didn't realise that I didn't like going on nights out for ages. I just thought, I will like it, just this night out isn't the one for me. But the next night out is going to be really good. And it was just a weird, even though I'd never enjoyed it, I would just think, oh yeah, but everyone else is really enjoying it. Next week, we'll go out next week and I'm going to love it. And then next week would roll around and I'd hate it and I'd want to go home. And then I'd think, next week is going to be a great night out. And I just had that weird thing, whereas now I've become a lot more accepting of, I just don't like doing that. Same with things that I like doing. Like, I used to restrict myself doing things I like doing because I thought, well, like, no one does that at this age. If it's something like playing with toys or, you know, something like that. Whereas now I just think, well, I can like that. That's fine. If that's what I want to do. Yeah. And like I say, that's... And, and maybe maybe getting the diagnosis for you because... You are, like you said, you are starting to do the things that you thought it's okay for me to not socialize. Yeah. It's okay for me to do these things if it's not supposed to be someone my age and like, you know, whatever it's supposed to be doing. And you did that without a diagnosis. So maybe with a diagnosis, because you needed that thing to make yourself like 100% believe that you are on the spectrum. Maybe now you've had it and you've been diagnosed, you'll be able to do more things and accept more things about yourself. Yeah. That that's okay that you do that. So that'd be good. I think, I think you just, it's like everybody else when you get diagnosed or you know you're on the spectrum. You're looking to basically make enough changes to yourself to make things easier, make your life yeah. like much more like a calmer, relaxing, like don't put yourself in situations that you don't want to be in. Don't do things you don't want to do because you think you should be doing them. It's understanding who you are and what you can and can't do mm. and just learning to deal with that. And I think that's what that's what he's doing and like for some people they don't need they don't need the report they don't need the piece of paper to tell them this they just know it yeah and then they go about you know sorting themselves out uh but i think yeah like i say in your case it was difficult because you weren't really accepting of it um and yeah in my case it was because i i didn't i didn't know what it was and i had my own beliefs on what it could be what it might be and yeah. I kept thinking too much maybe it's this or maybe it's that um so I needed someone to say to me this is what this is yeah um and obviously you can't ask people that aren't medical professionals because they start doing their oh maybe it's this or yeah maybe it's just that and then there's too many variations you need someone to just go look it's this don't listen to anybody else I'm the professional here I'm the one that can write this here's a piece of paper that says you've got it Ignore everybody else. Yeah, I think part of my fear of telling people that... uh, I know I've still got it and it's for other reasons, but I think there was a little part of me that didn't want to tell anyone until I was definitely diagnosed as well, probably because of... I think I had this fear anyway, but it probably didn't help. When I did tell this ex of mine that I just mentioned that I thought I might have it, to have someone say, well, you don't, and that's stupid. Yeah then stopped me telling anyone else at all because I at least wanted to be able to, when I said it to someone, I wanted to be able to be like, no, a doctor, like a medical professional has said this. So what you say doesn't matter. I think like, yeah, I I think for me, it just validated it. And if I do tell someone now, I feel like I can tell them with a confidence behind it that before I couldn't so you gotta also remember like obviously as a burger um you've got into the routine of not telling anyone yeah exactly because you don't want to start putting it out there if it isn't true yeah um so 
you got to think like you got to try and get out of that as well. So yeah, you're like, it's, it's like it's double the effort to try and stop yourself doing it now because you've got so used to just not mentioning it that now if you had to start mentioning it all of a sudden, I think once you've done it a couple of times, yeah. Uh, and I think like with this podcast in general, because you've done it at the start of this episode, mm. it's like the first time. That's true. I think once your parents know it might be easier. And obviously like you don't have to. I mean, we've done an episode on telling people. Yeah. It's you, up to you. You don't, you have, don't to. have to go around and tell everyone. It's not like once you know, you should tell everybody. I think it's it's up to you. If you want people to know, tell them. If you don't want people to know, don't tell them. Yeah. Um, it's, it's what you want to do with knowing, I suppose. Well, I've noticed that it's more helpful to me telling people because once I've told someone, I feel like I can act more like myself. Like I feel more comfortable instantly. Like your, um, your ex, I mean, she's known that I was like awaiting diagnosis for ages. Um, I mean, I told her pretty much like from the start before you even had your first thing. I said that I thought you were and that you should look at it. So she's known forever. Yeah. And I think I've always felt quite comfortable hanging out with her and now her partner as well for that reason, because I feel like I can just be myself. If I say something that they think like, oh, I mean, it probably helps as well that both of them are mental. (laughs) 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 And I say that in a really nice way, but like they are the sorts of people that will say whatever is on their mind as well. They're not on the spectrum but they're very they're i mean they're very outgoing but they're not afraid to be different either especially your ex like she'll say whatever dress however be just be whoever yeah um which i think also helps like personality wise i like her personality but i yeah i just feel like i can be more comfortable because you know i feel like even if I do say something odd or I'm being a bit quiet or I'm not making eye contact or I'm acting a little bit weird, I feel like that it's accepted because they know. So I do think like I am more comfortable around people if they know because hopefully they'll understand why I do some of the things that I do. Yeah, I suppose. Um, If it makes you feel, I suppose, better than it's... Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I suppose... Yeah, because you you don't really hang around with people. No. So it's apart from me, you don't really see anyone else. So I'm trying to think like in a situation where the people you're seeing, if they know, then that makes sense. Maybe like in your old job. So when you used to work with me, that might have been useful. Yeah. Um, But I guess even in my new job, like it's been pointed out a lot that I'm really quiet. And it's like when I say a lot, I mean a lot. It's definitely been mentioned. So perhaps if they knew, I'd feel more like I'm not being judged or people are thinking, why is she being strange? Because I do sometimes feel like that. Or if people are trying to make small talk and I'm quite obviously trying to get away from it, maybe they wouldn't think that I'm being rude. So yeah, I think it probably would help just for making me feel more comfortable with who I am. And also like people are always trying to make eye contact with me and I do a thing where I like give them a flash of eye contact where I'm actually looking at their eyebrows. But I like flash and then I look away (laughs) and I know I'm like that. Um, So maybe if I just didn't have the pressure of trying to remember to do that and just things like that, I think would make me more comfortable. Like I feel more comfortable around your mum because I don't feel like I have to make conversation. Um, Yeah, my mum's really like understanding. Yeah, like really understanding. So I, I always felt quite comfortable sitting in a room with her. Not like because I don't want to talk. Because like I, you don't I, feel I, do, like I don't feel like I have to. If there's a silence, you you don't feel like I'm being rude or anything. Yeah, like yeah. I I don't worry as much because I I think I've always got this weird like oh my god what if that like we're silent right now is it is it my turn to talk is that why we're being silent do I need to say something whereas I don't feel that pressure or if I do say something that might be a bit because obviously I'm quite weird about like routine and structure if I do say something that makes me sound a bit like why are you being so routine I don't feel weird about saying it if it's like if your mum I don't know if for some reason your mum's like oh what are you doing this week and I think like this week I'm doing this this and this at this time this time and this time I don't feel like I have to wind it back so yeah like I don't these are the only examples of people I can think of because I don't yeah, really I have suppose. the thing is though is and you'll find this is when you do start telling people 
you've got to get yourself into the mindset that a lot of people you tell won't actually know what it is still. Yeah, that's true. So like, you know what it is. Yeah. And it's all right saying to people, oh, it's, I've got Asperger's. Like, even if you do something that's quite clearly autistic, then you go, oh, sorry about that. I'm autistic. For a lot of people, they still don't understand why what you did is autistic autism related. Yeah. So I found that, especially like at work and that kind of thing is, I will say, and when I've had like wellness meetings and risk assessments and that kind of thing, as I say, it's because of my Asperger's, but I've realized I can't just leave it there. I can't just say, oh, it's because I've got autism. I have to then go into, it's because I've got autism and the reason this is a problem is because with autism, you know, this, this and this, and that's why I behave this way. So you've got to get into that as well. Like, it would be great if everybody just knew what it was. So you just go, oh, I've got Asperger's. Yeah. You tell one person, everybody in your office knows what it is. And they go, oh, that's why you don't make yeah. small talk. <laughs> yeah, that's but true. for a lot of people, they might still know you've got Asperger's, but they still don't connect the fact that because of that, that's why you're not talking to them. I suppose, yeah. Like, I mean, I know I only mentioned two people, but I guess the people I have mentioned, your ex and your mum, are both people that are quite... They know like, what They're it very is. clued up yeah. on Asperger's. Your mum's, like, done Ma- loads mom of knows research. Loads about because, it, yeah. yeah, like, she's really understanding and, like, accepting. Of and, yeah, Emily... You and your ex did too. I, was, I mean, I lived with her for, like, five years. Yeah. So she knows. Um, so I guess I, average, I'm saying this. But... Your average person, it's not like you could say it and then they go, Asperger's, we all know everything yeah. about that. We know how that works. We know how that's unique to you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, like... I have to... When I do stuff, sometimes I do stuff, and there's still stuff that happens now, even though a lot of the people I work with have known me for a while and know about it, where they still don't connect it. They still see me do stuff, but they don't realise that's why I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, and then they say and do things, and I behave in a certain way, and then, you know, before you know it, it's like, why have you done this? And I, I do sometimes feel like, oh, my God, really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to get used to that. It's, it's, it's a relief in some way, but you've got to remember that the average person doesn't Won't. really know what it is still. Yeah. Like I, I guess a key example would be in, in a case where like I was really helped out when you were in hospital and obviously Emily, your ex was there. She could tell from me and the way I was being that the fact that it was really bright and really noisy was freaking me out a bit. And, like, she, like, squeezed me, like, gave me quite a lot of, like, deep pressure. And then also, like, when you went to, I think you were having a scan or something, she was like, cool, we'll go outside, like, we'll get out of here for a bit. Whereas, I guess, had that have been someone that wasn't, like, clued up on Asperger's, they probably wouldn't have thought about the fact that the lights are bright and it's, like, there's a lot of beeping and noises going on. They probably wouldn't have thought about that. So maybe they'd be like, oh, she's not very good at small talk. So that's why she's not talking. But wouldn't have thought of like the sensory aspect and things like that. So and I guess you're right. It's uh, I was just thinking that was like a time where I thought like, oh, that's really like good of her to like recognize that. So it's useful in some extent, but then you're also kind of you're telling people, but then you've got to rely on them and what they know about it. Otherwise, you're going to have to then do some explaining because you'll find a lot of people when you do finally, because I know now that you are diagnosed, you can say to people, yeah, oh, I've got Asperger's, but you will usually get, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, one thing that I just thought about that was quite funny was I was going to tell someone at work, uh, the woman that I sit next to at work, she's lovely and I really like her. Uh, I was going to tell her the other day because I wanted her to understand because she's really nice, but I'm terrible at small talk. So sometimes I feel like... But my way of telling her that was obviously unsuccessful was she was like, oh, you're going to you're going to put your headphones on. And I was like, yeah, I was like, they're noise cancelling. So it helps because like I have quite a like I have some difficulty filtering out noise like I hear stuff at the same volume. And she was like, oh, right. And I was like, oh, I kind of thought I'd say it. And she'd go, oh, have you got Asperger's? (laughs) Obviously, she wouldn't. No, it just sounds like you've got like an inner ear problem or something. But in my head, I said it and I was like, oh, this is me taking the plunge. This is my big step. And she just kind of went, oh, right. Yeah, put your music on then. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course that didn't work. (laughs) I forgot that I did that. But I do remember this feeling afterwards of, oh, (laughs) that was going to be my moment. Because I wanted to explain to her, like, because she does, like, try and make small talk. And and I do, she is lovely and we help each other with cases and stuff. I mean, you you could still do it. I know. (laughs) You could still just take it to one side and just go, look. You know, I've got autism. I've got Asperger's. No, so, like, I'm not blanking you. I'm not yeah. doing this. I'm just not good with that kind of stuff. You could just do that, and then <laughs> that's that. You know, you you could give it a go. It just depends on 
because obviously, like you said, when you want to do the retroactive messaging people and going, it's because yeah. of this this whole time. I guess if you do it early, then anything you do, they don't like get offended or like think a certain way. It just depends on how much it bothers you. Because obviously, you've got to remember, like, you ruminate, you think too much about stuff, you yeah. overthink things. So if you feel like that will put your mind at ease. <laughs> then it's a good time to say it. And obviously you'd have never said it without a diagnosis. So this might be a good time that your diagnosis might be useful. Might be useful. Yeah, I think I think I just thought it was quite funny that that was my way of telling her. And I think th- that was my way of telling her, even though obviously it was unsuccessful. And yeah. of course it was. But in my head, I just thought, if someone said that to me, yeah, but, yeah, my yeah, first yeah, instinct, yeah. even if they weren't, and it was some sort of ear problem, my first instinct would be, Oh, you're autistic. Even if someone's like, oh, the light's a bit bright in here, I do sort of go, oh, oh yeah? Well, what else is going on with you? Yeah, <laughs> I am yeah. a bit like that. So, yeah, it just made me laugh. And obviously I can only, like, my, I don't really have empathy, but I can only think how I would think. So that's why my way of telling people is probably as subtle as it is because it would be how I would yeah. take it. And I'm not that bothered. It was more I was going to tell her just because I hadn't told anyone. So I think I was like, right, I'll trial it out on yeah, this person. Little and, demo. Yeah, little yeah. yeah. But uh, I just remembered that and I just thought it was quite funny. I forgot to mention it to you. But yeah, I thought I thought it was a funny thing because afterwards I did think, what? how did you think that was going to go? That she'd all of a sudden go, oh, Asperger's, is it? <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. But yeah. I, yes. But we're going to do an episode on, like you said, probably next week on actual the actual diagnosis process. Yes. And we'll compare it to yours as well. Reports as well, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think somebody on our page has asked for an episode like that. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Uh, one of my snakes. snakes is wrecking. Absolutely the... wrecking the place. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I Yeah, so we'll, we'll do that. Yeah. That's next week. That's a question by someone. I also mentioned on last week's episode that we want to do an episode on uh, like maturity and how people on the spectrum mature and how you, you know, what age you think you are to what age you physically are and how people with Asperger's, yeah. like, there's like a delay where you feel much younger than you actually are and that kind of thing. We are going to do that episode. I haven't forgot about that. I know there's somebody on our page that has said they, they want that episode. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to do we that. We are going to do that. It's just obviously the diagnosis stuff is still fresh. Um, we've been saying we're going to do it for ages once Scarlett got her outcome and now she's got it. We just didn't know when it was coming. So we're going to do that. So like next we're going to go over the reports. We're going to talk about how Scarlett read some stuff about her as a child. She did not know was a thing with her. So that's yeah. going to come up. And we're going to talk about just how it, how works, it works, where we are. Uh, and, you know, if anybody out there wants to try and get diagnosed, I guess it's different where you are, but like anything, we might be able to like help in some way, I suppose. Yeah, and we'll give you like a start to finish of how yeah. it worked for us. But that's what we're going to do next Southwest. week. And we're going to compare reports because me and Scarlett have both realised that we're actually nothing like each other, autism wise. Yeah, we like there are similarities, but probably more differences yeah. than similarities. Yeah, that's it. Thanks yes. again for everyone for listening. Um, like I say, we've got a Facebook page. Go on it. Them Aspergers. There's a group in there that's a private group. You've got to ask for an invitation, but I'll let you in and you can talk about stuff. Still loads of good things going on there and everyone helping each other, which is awesome. But yeah, that's it for this week. Like I say, uh, yeah, next episode will go up next week and uh, you know what it's going to be about. Yes. Thank you. Bye.